One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right. Hello, wisdom-filled warriors. Today I want to get into um, the depths of the Spirit. And uh, the last few times I talked to you, um, we've been talking about Romans 8, uh, where Paul has this revelation that the law cannot save you, that, that the biblical understanding of things and all the doctrines and all that stuff, all that stuff's good, but he's, he he he. The, the punchline of what he is driving at in his walk with Christ and what he's trying to portray to the church as a father is he says, set your mind on the spirit, set your mind on the spirit, set your mind on the spirit, learn to enter and dwell in the spirit. Okay. And so I want to talk to you today, today about um, prophesying with authority and why um Prophecy is really intended to come from the realm of the spirit, uh, which actually means you need to learn. You actually can't really learn to prophesy until you learn to transition into the spirit realm, until you learn to continually hear what the spirit is saying to the churches, right? So the question is, how do you, how do you get there? How do you step into the realm of the spirit on a consistent basis? Because there's all these promises that the Lord keeps, um, you know, reiterating to us. And Paul articulates to us in the New Testament. Um, and, and, and those promises uh, are actually the enticement of the depths of the relationship with uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the Spirit that the Lord offers us, okay? So I want to talk to you about you know, getting to the place of the Spirit, because um, revelation, right? We, we've talked a lot about revelation in this in this whole wisdom-filled warrior series, um, because prophecy is the outcrop. It is the release of revelation. Okay, so revelation is the centerpiece of the prophetic anointing. And um, I, I want you to think of revelation as not just information, but revelation is actually a place. Okay, do you get that? Revelation is not just information. Revelation is a place. Okay, it's as it's as uh, drastic as the difference between the earthly realm and the heavenly realm. Okay, Paul Paul prayed. Uh, we talked about this a lot. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time about on this in the book um, Ephesians one seventeen. Um, you know, Paul says, I pray that you would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the intimate knowing of Jesus Christ. The concept of knowing there is not just information. It's actually being spiritually connected in heart to Christ. The word knowing um, in, that, in that scripture is a heart-to-heart connection. It's not just words on paper. It is a spiritual connection um, with Christ to the realm of the spirit, okay? And so revelation, Jesus equated revelation as a river. It flows. And so if you can get to the place of the spirit realm, the river flows. That's that's probably one of the biggest questions I get from people. You know, why can't I prophesy? I've only seen a couple visions. Uh, what does this mean? How do I, how do I get there? Well, we're going to talk about that today because... That, that's the essence of um, being an immature, freshly baptized in the Holy Spirit Christian versus one who has spent the years, and I'm talking years in prayer, right? Spiritual prayer, praying in tongues for hours a day um, for years and sometimes even decades to break into the realms 
in the mysteries of heaven, okay? And if you don't think that's real, you th- if you think I'm talking, you know, some gibberish uh, religious jargon that doesn't make sense or, you know, that's even cultish, that's maybe that's new age, um, I want to prove to you scripturally that that's not new age, okay? Jesus said um, that he was seated in heavenly places, right? And that if we are, we're to be seated in Christ in heavenly places, right? Did he not say that? He, he said, come up here, right? He told John, come up here, right? When, when John writes the book of Revelation, Jesus says, um, uh, he, he, uh, he approaches John in the spirit and he says, come up here. He's talking about be connected to the realm of the spirit. I have many things to show you. I'm going to, I'm going to reveal to you the mysteries of heaven. Okay. And so prophecy requires you seeing the mysteries. If you learn how to see the mysteries of God, if you learn how to, uh, how to ascend, um, and, and, you know, go into the realm of the spirit in prayer, prophecy will flow because all prophecy is, is what you see. You've, you know, many of you've heard me talk about this a lot. Um, and, and maybe it, maybe the dots have not been connected, but it's, it's not complicated guys. I keep telling you it's simple. Okay. Because the intent of the father to his sons and daughters is to reveal the mysteries to you. Colossians 1 uh, verse 25 to 28 says this, I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery. Okay, so Paul describes the word of God as the mystery, which was hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preached, okay? Warning every man and every, uh, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, okay? So Paul describes the word of God as the mystery, and part of it is the message of Christ, right? The, the basic message that Christ came, Jesus came in the form of a man as God. He was fully man, fully God. Um, it says he gave up his, his heavenly um, ability uh, or, or, or position um, to actually come in uh, the realm of the earth, right? To walk in the power of the spirit um, and to take sin to the cross and to actually be the doorway so that you could dwell in your heavenly place and not simply try to fight sin. And we'll get to that deeper here uh, in a moment. But if you're, if you're spending your time fighting sin, you missed it. You should be spending your time ascending in prayer, dwelling in the prayer life, right? In the place of the spirit, um, because he has more things to show you. He has more things to reveal to you. He has things that when he speaks to you, he will rip out, right? He will drive out the demonic. He will rip out the brokenness and he will build and establish his kingdom by his voice, okay? That's the mysteries. And when you learn to ascend in your prayer life and dwell in the secret place of the Most High, it is in that supernatural place of the Spirit that God begins to unveil to you your destiny, your purpose, your unique revelations, and the wisdom of God that he wants to uh, reveal specifically to you, um, and then also through you for the people around you, okay? Revelation 2.17, you know, Jesus, when he's correcting this a particular church, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone. Okay. And on the stone, a new name written, which no one knows, accepts him who receives it. What, what's he mean by, by the new stone? He, what, what, what he means is it's connected to communion, right? The last time we were together, we were talking about communion and the power of, of communion, right? 
Communion is something that Jesus uh, actually was revealing as a spiritual connection. Okay? Okay? Listen, it's a spiritual connection. It's not just a symbolic act. Communion, the most, of, most of the denominational churches have dumbed down communion to coming up together and, and drinking out of the cup and eating the bread as a symbolism. Okay? Jesus himself said this in John 6, uh, 48 to 51. Okay? He said, The manna of Moses' day and, and his own provisions of salvation uh, were addressed uh, by, by when he said this. He said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. Okay? There's a lot of people eating scripture and they die. They fall off the vine, right? Just like the Israelites who weren't connected in spirit. Continuing on, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Okay? So the manna in the wilderness sustained the Israelites, okay, as a foreshadowing. It, it was a uh, symbolism of the perfect sacrifice of Jesus, right? Jesus is the bread. And what Jesus conquered on the cross um, is a gift for you, okay? But here's the deal. Just because Jesus conquered it doesn't mean that you, you enter it, okay? You enter Jesus um, in the spirit realm, okay? And what, what, that, what that means is when, when you enter the spirit realm, Jesus referenced himself as the, as the bread of life, right? The hidden manna. He's talking about the realm of the spirit that is closed off from the natural world, right? You, right, as a, as a man, as, as, a, as, a, as a human being, we are bound in the earthly realm. But the Lord says this, we are made up of, we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Your soul is being saved all day by the Holy Ghost as, as you are submitting your soul to the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is actually made new in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's regenerated. It's made new, right? You are, it, it, the scripture actually says that you are born again, a new creature. And so where you are born again is in the spirit. Your spirit becomes born again, but your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, you have to now choose, are you going to follow your born again spirit or are you going to follow by setting your mind on the earthly realm? Okay. And that's what Paul meant when he said, when he spent Romans 8, and he, he, the whole, the combination of Romans 8 is set your mind on the spirit. Set your mind on the spirit. Learn to be spiritual because life is in the spirit realm. Your spirit is born again. So why would you not submit your thought life to the realm of the spirit which you've been given access to instead of submitting your mind to the earthly realm that is meant to pull you back into slavery, pull you back into fear, pull you back into brokenness, pull you back into all the inabilities where the demonic realm rules. Why would you set your mind? And that's, that's the difference, guys, where, you know, are you, is your mind sanctified? Has your mind really been consecrated and given to the way of the Spirit? Because if you submit yourself and chase after the Spirit, right? In the book of Romans, it says that is life and peace. You will find life and peace in the Spirit. And the reality is many people who call themselves Christians 
are as uh, earthly and sensual as the heathen outside of the church. You've not learned to set your mind on the way of the spirit. Because if you set your mind on the way of the spirit, the bread of life, right? The picture that Jesus paints is that you receive the hidden manna. He is the, he, he is, Jesus is both hidden manna and Jesus is the bread in the natural. Jesus revealed himself. He says, I am the bread, right? So he says, I am the bread. I came to earth. I am the one who feeds you. So there's a natural feeding, right? There's this grace to, to come and reveal himself to you, to, to the whole world. But he offers you also the ability to find life and peace and deliverance in the spirit realm, okay? And so when he says, when he says all this in John 6, he finishes it all up and he says, if you chase after me, if you are truly my disciple, he says, you will eat my bread and drink my blood. You will drink the wine. It's a symbol of, of true spiritual communion. So no longer are you simply an earthling you, you, where you set your mind on earthly things, you are now made alive in the spirit being born again. Born again is a spiritual thing, okay? Being born again is a spiritual awakening. And if you choose, if you're in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, you choose to not be worldly, but to be Holy Ghost connected, you learn to commune in the spirit all day long. And so you're continually being intoxicated by the wine, right? The wine is a symbol of, of the blood of Jesus, the perfect sacrifice. Okay, so you're drinking the perfect sacrifice. You're drinking it. And when you drink it, it opens up the hidden manna where Jesus, the voice of Christ literally is speaking to you all day long. And when you learn the way of the Spirit and that Jesus is speaking to you in dreams and visions, He's constantly revealing Himself to you in dreams and visions, it's because you've learned the way of the Spirit, okay? Many people have never learned the way of the Spirit, right? They've, you, and, may, and maybe you listening are in that, that category, but we've got to get you transitioned out of the earthly realm where you set your mind on earthly things, on the next Hollywood movie, um, uh, thinking that thinking that uh, you know horror movies are no big deal. Can I tell you something? Let's just pause on what a horror movie is. Do you know that Hollywood, um, the symbol of Hollywood is the holly branch? Do you know why it's the holly branch? Because the holly branch is what the Druids, the pagans, actually used to do their uh, witchcraft ceremonies. Okay. So just as I'm teaching you prophecy and interpreting visions, so does Hollywood put a vision in front of you. Okay. They put these movies in front of you and you think it's just an entertaining thing. And what they're actually doing is prophesying their demonic spell over you. Okay. And I wasn't planning to go there, but I just feel this unction of the Holy Spirit. If we're going to teach you the depths of prophecy in the way of the Holy Ghost, we also have to reveal that the demonic world always mimics the ways of God. And if you understand the power of dreams and visions and why the Lord speaks to you in dreams and visions, he's actually revealing a place to, for you. Okay, so if that works, if that spiritual context works in the Holy Ghost, it also works in the earthly realm only through the demonic powers. And so as, as Hollywood is casting this spell over those who go and, and, and watch these horror movies and then wonder why they shake in fear at night, where they tremble, right? All these, you know why? It's because you opened up your soul to be cursed, to be tormented by those who were casting the spell using the holly branch, Hollywood. You get in the picture? Okay, so where you set your mind is an important thing. Am I saying that you're going to hell if you watch a horror movie? No, I'm not. But what I am telling you 
is that if you set your mind there, guess what? You're going to have a heck of a tormenting aspect where you're going to have to uh, get deliverance from the demonic spell that was cast over you. But Jesus promises life and peace. If you set your mind on the way of the Spirit, you will receive the impartation of the Holy Ghost, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? Romans Romans 14. The the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'll get deeper into that here in a second, but when you drink his blood and eat his bread, you are communing with him, okay? And so Pentecost, the importance of Pentecost is that he's given you this spiritual equipping. And this spiritual equipping allows you, it actually enables you to choose with your mind to enter the spirit realm, okay? People people have this misconception that they have to go to church or somewhere to enter the spirit realm, and that's the biggest lie that there is. You carry the realm of the spirit. Jesus actually baptized you in the Holy Ghost, renewed your spirit, and and the enemies of God are deathly afraid of you being awakened, having learned to set your mind on the way of the Spirit, okay? Because when Jesus says this, when Jesus uh, uh, says in in Luke uh, 24, 49, he says, stay here until I send the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not just the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the actual presence. It is the realm of heaven. It is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So Jesus, didn't this, doesn't the scripture say the kingdom of heaven is within you? Right? So when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, your soul, which contains your mind, your will, and your emotions... You, you still, even though you have a supernatural awakening, you still have to learn to enter the spirit. And it, come, it comes easy for, for guys who've learned to dwell in the spirit. But that was that, let me tell you, that's years of praying in the Holy Ghost. That's years of literally my flesh shaking, yet choosing to endure prayer, a prayer life. And in the early days, it wasn't easy um, all the time, okay? But you have to set your mind and choose to enter spiritual prayer, okay? And so the promise, when Jesus says, I'm sending you the promise, the promise is the actual presence. It is the realm of the Holy Ghost. And he gives you this supernatural key called called, uh, the gift of tongues, The gift of tongues is the key, okay, that opens the door, okay? Jesus is the door. You have to recognize that um, Jesus revealed himself in John John chapter 10, verse 9. He said, I am the door. And he he gives this, this picture of the sheepfold versus outside the sheepfold, okay? Well, the sheepfold is the place where sons and daughters of God dwell in the heavenly place. Okay, so Jesus is the gate. He's the door into the heavenly realm. What opens the gate? (laughs) What opens the gate? What opens Jesus the door? What actually gives you access to the heavenly realm? It's the gift of tongues. Okay, the gift of tongues is the key that literally... If you can picture a key going in into a key lock and opening the heavenly realm, okay? So that's why that's why in the book of James it says that the Holy Spirit has the power to save the soul. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the church that has received the Holy Ghost. Because there are many who receive the Holy Ghost that still look more like the world and are powerless never saw a vision, never flowed in prophecy, never prayed for the sick and saw somebody get healed, never cast out a demon, let alone cast out a demon from themselves. You get in the picture? You see, the power that Jesus gives you in the equipping of the Holy Ghost is he's given you all things. Okay, Jesus has conquered all things 
and he's given you a way, but you still have to choose the way of the spirit. Okay. Um, and I'm going to start introducing to you guys here over the next, uh, uh, you know, few, few, uh, discussions, um, you know, this, this, this concept of being intoxicated in the realm of the spirit. You have to choose to receive all that the Holy Ghost has for you. Okay. And, and I've been having these dreams over the last probably, I would say 18 months, uh, where the Lord comes to me and he, he, he mounts me up on this black horse. And I know this black horse is, is, uh, the black horse out of revelation chapter six, where, this horse carries the wine and the oil. It carries the, the anointing of the Holy Ghost and it carries uh, the, the covenant opportunity of, of the Holy Spirit, right? That, 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 that this intoxication of the Holy Spirit is the offer of communion to enter into the, into the depths of the Spirit so that you can receive the hidden manna, so that you can receive the bread, which is symbolic of seeing visions and dreaming dreams. There's a lot of people I know that they get baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they never actually pursue the Holy Spirit and they don't get fully equipped in dreams and visions. And the reality is you have to learn how to be intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. It's important that you literally learn to reach into the Holy Spirit and become intoxicated with the presence of the Lord. Because when, when you sit at the table of Jesus, the wine, he gives you the wine, okay? You drink first and then you receive bread. You drink first and then you receive bread, okay? Bread is the vision and the dream of the Lord. It is Jesus himself, the bread of life, speaking to you, okay? But it's actually received after drinking the wine. You've got to be intoxicated in the realm of the spirit. And I know that's, that's, my mystery, that's my ministry, guys. Whenever the Lord sends me places and I walk in, I've told many of these stories where I walk into places and suddenly people just start laughing. They start getting intoxicated in the presence of the Lord. They, they have no idea how it happened. It's never happened before in their life. Um, it's a grace. It, it's my grace when I go places um, to minister to people. They literally get overcome by the Holy Ghost. And so Jesus, um, as, as he is introducing me to new levels and new realms of this ministry that he's called me to, um, he keeps giving me these visions of mounting me on this horse that is laden with the oil and the wine, because of course, in Revelation chapter six, um, you know, in the description of the black horse, it says, do not hold back the oil and the wine. Do not hold back the oil and the wine. Do you know why? Because it is only through the oil and the wine that you can receive the bread of life. Okay. So when Jesus is adamant about do not hold back the bread and the wine or do not hold back the oil and the wine, it's because they need to be intoxicated. The world needs to, to receive the spirit. You are called to give away the Holy Ghost. Okay. People say, why do you go? Why do you go? And, and why are you so adamant on praying for thousands of people to receive the Holy Spirit? Because without the Holy Ghost, they, there's no chance that a person truly receives Jesus, okay? So you have, to, you have to take the Holy Ghost, give away the Holy Ghost. And so back to my story. So Jesus keeps, Jesus, in, you know, over the last couple of years has just been really pushing me on being aligned with the ministry that he's called me to, okay? And, he, and in, this, in this particular um, process or in this, series of dreams where the Lord has mounted me on this black horse and, and, and done many things with me. Um, the first, one of the first times he came to me, um, on, uh, you know, with, with this black horse is, is, is a very simple picture. He's walking toward me, um, holding the reins of this black horse. And on either side of this horse is a um, there's a barrel of oil and a barrel of wine, and, and there's a leather strap that 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 uh, you know lays over the shoulders of the of the horse. 
which holds the barrel of oil and the barrel of wine. And Jesus um, mounts me up on this horse and he hands me the reins. And all of a sudden, the, the horse begins to pray in tongues. And I can tell like the horse is, the horse is turning its head. He's looking back at me and he's waiting for me to come into alignment with what he's praying. And of course, I'm not praying. So all of a sudden, the horse realizes that, I'm not, that I am not aligned with the prayer of the horse. And so the horse starts to buck. Okay, the horse starts to kick and buck to a point where it bucks me off, okay? Jesus walks over to me, grabs the horse, walks over to me, um, and begins to give me instruction that the only way I can ride this horse is if I'm as intoxicated as the horse is, okay? And, you know, there's, there's a long conversation with this. But what Jesus basically started to tell me was that this ministry, this horse is a representation of a ministry. Anytime you see dreams and visions involving horses, um, it's actually um, you being mounted on to something that the Lord has called you to do. Okay? And so the horse um, is, you know, as the horse is praying in the Holy Ghost, I, the only way I can ride that horse, the only way I can ride that ministry is to have the same sound coming out of me that's coming out of that horse. And a foundational thing of that ministry is the gift of tongues, the, the praying in tongues. And so Jesus mounts me on this horse and there's this rhythm that I feel begin to flow through me. It's like, it's a, I'll, I'll describe it as a river. And so in unison, me and the black horse begin to pray in the spirit. And as we begin to pray in the spirit together, um, there's this peace that comes down over me. Um, and the Lord begins to lead me on this horse into different places. Okay. Why is this important? Because alignment comes, your, your, your gift and calling will manifest as you come into alignment, um, in submission to a supernatural prayer life. There's many people, many people I know that have supernatural calls, uh, gifts that are just amazingly large and big, um, but because they've never submitted to a spiritual prayer life, they'll, they never mount on their horse. They never come into the rhythm with their ministry, okay? And I'm telling you got right now, guys, Many of you will never enter your true calling or your true purpose um, in, in the supernatural realms of the spirit that the Lord has called you to um, until you submit yourself to a prayer life. Because I can guarantee you this, there is a rhythm to your ministry. There is a, a sound coming out of your ministry horse, okay? And until your heart and your mind get set on releasing that sound, you'll never be able to stay on your ministry because your ministry will buck you off. Okay? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing picture of your heart and mind being aligned with the call of God that's, that's upon your life. Because it's not just about your heart. It's about your will, okay? And a mind that cannot be connected to purpose will quit, you'll walk away, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be taken advantage of. Um, anytime anything goes south, you'll quit, okay? And the reality is, until you learn to enter the way of the Spirit, it's the first time, uh, when, when you literally submit yourself to the way of the Spirit and pray without ceasing. Develop a prayer life where you're praying with the Holy Ghost, uh, whether it's an hour a day, two hours a day, three hours a day, whatever the Lord is leading you to, um, that rhythm is about being submitted to the will of God. You set your mind on finding His will. 
because there's going to be seasons of awesomeness. There's going to be seasons of wilderness. There's going to be seasons of challenge. There's going to be seasons of conquering and outpouring. There's going to be all kinds of seasons, guys. And the reality is that through the good and the bad, if you don't learn to submit your will to his will, which is the way of the spirit, you'll get bucked off your horse and you'll turn around and blame God. You'll blame God saying, God left me. God did left, let this bad thing happen to me. And I'm here to tell you, God didn't leave any of that junk happen to you. You left your ministry. You left the horse that Jesus gave you. Okay? And some of you need to repent. You walked away. You never developed a prayer life thinking that you would, you would have a prayer life and, all, and everything's going to be good. No, you learn to pray without ceasing. Jesus was praying in the garden, begging the Father, right? Take this cup from me, if it's your will. He actually bled blood, okay? Blood was dripping off of Jesus's forehead. He was in so much turmoil, yet he said, not my will, but your will. Jesus never left his ministry horse. He never left his white horse, guys. He never got off of it. The horse never bucked him off. Because he was submitted, he was praying till, till the first whip touched his back. And even through the whip touching his back, he's still praying. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I can picture Jesus never leaving his ministry call. Okay? Can you picture it? You have a horse. And for those of you who've never read uh, my book called Transfigured, now's a good time to pause and get that book because that book is about the true awakening of the ministries of the Holy Spirit out of the church, right? To invade the dead church and awaken the church because, man, we are in absolute need of people who will not get bucked off their horse who are in a rhythm with the Holy Ghost, so aligned with the Holy Spirit that they submit to the way of the Spirit. They search the, the Spirit out day and night, seeking what the Lord is saying, okay? Because from the vision of the Lord comes the true supernatural outpouring of the Spirit. The intent, right? The intent of the black horse is do not hold back the oil and wine. And the oil and the wine have to be poured out. They, they have to be equipped in the anointing, but they have to be granted the absolute covenant promise of the presence of the Lord himself. That's what the, the wine is a symbol of. And, and that wine actually allows people to transcend into the spirit, Okay. You've, you literally have to learn to become intoxicated, okay? That's what prayer is. You know, when you start praying in tongues, some of you pray in tongues 10 minutes, 15 minutes, the presence of the Lord starts to increase. You pray another 30 minutes, all of a sudden, you know you've just crossed over, okay? Then there is a point every day in my prayer life where I learn, I've, I can feel the shift. I know when I've crossed over, Okay? And when you learn that when you cross over and you start to expect for the Lord to speak to you, that's where the, the, the commitment to the ministry call begins to manifest in your life because the Lord begins to speak to you. Whatever the Lord is speaking to you, that make no bones about it. That's your ministry. If he's speaking to you and showing you demons coming out of people, guess what? You're a deliverance minister. If he's speaking to you about the United States of America or Slovakia or Russia and what's going to happen, guess what? You're a different kind of prophetic. You, you're, you are actually prophesying about nations, right? There's many different uh, streams and flows of the anointing of the Holy Ghost and they all have unique things. But, I, but whatever the Lord is speaking to you, the mysteries he's revealing to you, that is what you are, okay? And, and that, that, uh, those gifts actually, the gifts of the Spirit actually manifest out of um, an individual and a body. It's supposed to be a body. That's what, a, that's what the true ecclesia is, the church. 
that is called out of the earthly realm and learning to dwell in the presence of the Lord. And they all come together hearing God together, right? Paul said, I wish you all prayed in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why? Because when you pray in tongues, it is the key that allows you to cross into the realms of the spirit and see and have the vision of the Lord of what the Lord is saying. And from that vision, you prophesy. That's why, that's what the church is to do when they come together, right? And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. You've heard me preach about what the church's church really is and what the church is supposed to do. Um, but I, I wanted to spend this time in this, this section of, of the series with you on, you know, tongues truly is the key that opens the door of Christ. And within you is the kingdom, right? Within you is the kingdom that you can set your mind upon and find what the Lord is saying to the church because the church is... is the mo- most of what we call the church is dead, dead, absolute dead. They can't hear God. Even the preacher can't hear God. Gets up and got got a got a Google searched, uh, you know, fifteen minute sermon with a couple of scriptures that make you know no connected sense, and and the body is just dead. Right? There's no power. Jesus said, run from, from them if there's no power. Jesus actually told the Pharisees and the Sadducees that they were snakes, hogs, dogs, right? He said they were, they, they were dead. They were spiritually dead. Even though they could read scripture, they were spiritually dead, right? You're not supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be working miracles. And if you're not working miracles, there's something wrong, Okay. And the transition point is you getting mounted up on your horse by first being baptized in the Holy Ghost and then setting your mind on the way of the Spirit, meaning pray, you learn to pray and fast, pray and fast, pray and fast without ceasing, okay? And see, you see, the reality is that, that uh, you know, righteousness, righteousness is a promise of the Spirit, right? Righteousness is, is a promise um, of being equipped spiritually. It's not about not sinning, okay? In, Ro- in Romans 14, 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, meaning it has nothing to do physically. It has, it has nothing to do with the earthly realm, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So the kingdom is found in the presence of this of the Holy Spirit, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we talked about this the last few times about righteousness being a product of hearing the voice of God, right? I'm not going to go through that again, but righteousness is a product of when Abraham had the encounter in the dream with God, right? You will be as the sand of the your 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 future generations will be as the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky, right? And Abraham believed the promise. It says he was made righteous. And so righteousness, every time you have a dream and a vision, the Lord is, there's an opportunity for depth, for deeper righteousness, for deeper revelation, for deeper connection, for for the mysteries of God to continue to be unveiled, right? And it's supernatural, okay? Most of the church would describe the kingdom as not sinning. That's a joke. That's called dead theology. There are, can I tell you this? There are monks, there are Buddhists up, you know, in the mountains of China who don't sin, but they're not Christian. They don't know Christ. They've not sinned, right? They, they basically sit in a room, you know, all day and they've not committed what we, what we call physical sins but they're disconnected from Christ, okay? They don't hear God. They don't hear the voice of God. They don't dream his vision. And therefore, because they don't dream his vision and obey what they see in the vision, there's no way they can be righteous, okay? So not committing sexual 
uh, acts or not looking at pornography does not make a person righteous. That doesn't make you righteous, guys. What makes you righteous is hearing the voice, okay? And, and dwelling in, in the kingdom. And so the reality is, if you want to function in power, you've got to learn with the, with the, with the gift of tongues to go through the door of Christ, enter the realms of the Spirit, expecting to see dreams and, and have visions and have the impartations of the mysteries of the kingdom, right? The kingdom of God is not eat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy. So, so there's an impartation, right? There, you should be waking up from dreams intoxicated. Like the presence of the Lord should be so profound on you, some encounters that you literally wake up and the hair on your arms is standing up because the presence of God visited you in a dream, okay? That should be normal, okay? And if that's normal, Guess what? You're on the right road for the power of the Holy Ghost to be poured out all around you. Because Jesus said this, you know, in, in, Matthew, in Matthew 16, we've talked about this several times in the last few meetings, but in, in, in Matthew 16, you know, the disciples, everybody's walking down the road um, and, and Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter, Peter is granted the revelation, the mystery from God the Father, that Jesus is the Christ, the sent one. He is God in the flesh, present with them, right? And Jesus says to them, right? He says to them um, that upon this revelation, that upon revelation itself, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he goes on to say, I will give you the keys. What's the keys? The keys are revelations and mysteries. I will give you ability by speaking to you, okay? And he says that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now remember, Jesus is the door. He is a gate to heaven. And what when Jesus reveals a specific thing to you, he's saying that his power of revelation to you, mysteries spoken to you, will prevail over the darkness, over hell and Hades, okay? And he goes on in, in, you know, in, in uh, the last line, he says, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. So what does the concept of loosing in heaven, um, as we talked, is you have to get there to give it. Okay, you can't give what you don't receive from, from the Father. Only the mysteries, only the revelation, okay, can be given, okay? And, and you know, if, if I'm standing in front of somebody who's tormented and the Lord shows me um, a picture of, of an arrow sticking through this person's head and on this arrow is a demon um, that is constantly speaking into this person's ear, and I say the Lord is here tonight to remove um, the, the darkness that has pierced your mind with this voice of evil that is continually whispering in your ear. Guess what? You know what that is? That's, that's called discerning of spirits, which is a spiritual gift, okay, by revelation. The Lord showed me the picture of what this guy is being tormented by and he gave me the authority to loose the person, right? I'm loosing the demonic um, curse, the, the torment that is against this person. I'm literally removing it from this guy's mind as I'm prophesying the uprooting of this demonic power out of this guy's head, right? So, so um, I reach and, and, and literally a prophetic act of removing this arrow and all and this is a true story by the way guys the guy falls to the ground um in in arkansas shaking in front of the whole church flopping around like a fish as this demon is being driven out of this guy right and 10 minutes later this guy stands up in his right mind in peace and he says I, I, you know, he goes through this story of when he was young and what happened to him. And I don't have time to get into that, but that's, that's a picture of the Lord giving you keys 
through pro- through the gift of prophecy. That's what prophecy is, guys. Prophecy, I told you this last time. Prophecy, Jesus, it says in Revelation 19.10, Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, right? And it describes Jesus on his white horse, eyes burning with fire, robe dipped in blood, right? He's, he's roaring out of heaven as the prophetic invader of the earth. And he's waiting for people like you and me to be so spiritual that we know what he's saying, we know what he's doing. And as we are releasing what the Lord is showing us, Jesus himself is coming out of heaven. Okay, that's why they fall down and shake and cry and demons are driven out because you are releasing the vision of Christ. It is him, which means he is present doing the uprooting, doing the breaking of strongholds and establishing of the kingdom the righteousness, peace, and joy into the people, okay? And so, man, I just, I just want to emphasize with you that your prayer life is so foundational. And whether you feel like it or not, it, it's, you know, feelings, Jesus isn't too concerned. I mean, he's concerned about your feelings, but there's times where you have to learn to cross over. There's times where you have to learn that you're going to press through, that you are going to break down the wall that the enemy um, has put up with you. You're too tired. You can't, you know, you don't feel like it. You, whatever excuse there is, you with your soul have to decide, yes, you know Jesus baptized you in his spirit. He's give, he has given you all authority, all ability, and he's, he's wanting you to lay down your will and set your mind on the Spirit. And you may go through months of not feeling it, but guess what? I don't want to feel, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, feel like, um, I don't want you to think that, that I don't care because I do care, but I'm coaching many of you in a maturity because you will never get this kind of direction in in 90% of your churches, okay? And you need pushed. So I'm here to push you. I'm here to push you and say, guess what? I'm, I'm going to make an agreement with Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost. And for the next month, I'm committing to two hours a day. I'm going to set my alarm two hours before I have to go to work and I'm going to pray without ceasing. I'm going to knock on heaven's door and I am going to grow in the spirit in a way that I couldn't even though, you know, and and you guys have to get this. Just because you were baptized in the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you made it, guys. Your soul has to be saved, okay? Read the book of James. Your soul has has to be saved, which means you have to lay down your will to the way of the Spirit. You have to set your mind on seeking the Spirit. And only then will you mature in your giftings. Only then will you come into alignment with your ministry calling and pray the way your ministry horse is praying. Because I guarantee you right now, your ministry horse is praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a picture. Don't don't take it literal. Don't post anything corny on on the internet. I'm I'm giving you a picture that your ministry Jesus wants you on your ministry. Okay? And the only way you get there is if you commit to it. You've got when you don't feel like it, you're going to still pray. When your alarm goes off and you're supposed to be praying, you get up and pray. And you learn to push. And I guarantee if you do that, you will have deep deliverance. There are demonic powers hidden so deep in your soul that once you once your will begins to be laid down to the way of the Spirit, there will, there will be earthquakes in you and in your family. There will be spiritual earthquakes um, all around you as you break free from being lethargic, just not feeling like it, 
thinking that you need to go down and, you know, get some, I don't know, whatever, whatever your favorite thing is and just, you know, you know, I don't know, drown yourself in a gallon of ice cream. Guess what? Put all that junk aside and go drown yourself in the Holy in the Holy Ghost. Get intoxicated in the Holy Ghost. People say, well, this, this whole ministry thing with this black horse, how, how, like, how's that happen? Well, I'll tell you this. It, you know when it started to happen? 10 years ago when I learned to get intoxicated. 10 years ago when I, when I would pray in, in the Holy Ghost for six hours a day and get so intoxicated with the presence of the Lord, literally drunk in the spirit, laughing for hours with Jesus as, as he showed me just supernatural things and just be absolutely intoxicated. Because there, when you learn to be intoxicated, it's only then will you be sent into places to intoxicate the people in the room. And I can tell, I can tell you stories from you know West Virginia, Ohio, Florida, California, um, Kansas, New York. I, everywhere I've gone, People get intoxicated, okay? I, when I went to India, um, I, walked, I walked into the room one time, and I probably told this story, but I'll, I'll just keep it short, but laughter started filling the room. And of course, in India, you know, most Indian pastors are actually trained, don't laugh. Laughter's not meant to be part of of the way of the spirit or, or, or the way of Christ. And that's, that's, you know how the Lord breaks that? He actually sends somebody who carries it. Okay. So I walk into this place and all of a sudden they all start to laugh. And I mean, I got guys, literally pastors manifesting on the stage. Okay. And I got to lay my hands on them as everybody in the room is laughing hysterically and without the crowd knowing it, I'm casting demons out of pastors on the stage and, and to the point where they suddenly fall down intoxicated on the stage. And you may say, that's weird. How does that happen? Well, guess what? When, that, when those demonic powers of false righteousness rise up to resist, the Lord will always send a delivering force that is greater. And he's looking for somebody who believes in the Holy Ghost so profoundly that you begin even casting demons out of what you perceive to be as leaders in the church. Because let me tell you something, the whole church needs deliverance, okay? Everybody in the church, there's not one person who does not need deliverance, okay? Everybody, everybody in different stages of your life right? Have, have, have limitations in spiritual vision that are directly connected to demonic powers. Think of it this way. Every lens, right? There's a, there's a, there's a light gray lens all the way up to a very dark brown lens that you can't see out of. Every one of those lenses is a different layer of the demonic realm. And every time you get deeper in the spirit, guess what? You have, you have lenses peeled off of you that allow you to see more clearly in the spirit world, okay? And there's not any one of us who don't need more deliverance, okay? And that's why the Lord wants, the Lord is after your will. No matter what it is, Lord, no matter how humiliating, no matter what, right? Your position, my position doesn't mean anything. Um, I want the presence of the Lord and therefore I will submit my will to the way of the spirit, right? Which gets back to Jesus teaching his church in humility, okay? The foundational scripture that I've used throughout all of this teaching is, is Isaiah 28, right? Verse, verse nine to 12, which the Lord asked the question, how will he teach you? Is it, is it the pastor guy standing in a pulpit repeating scripture line upon line, right? Here a little, there a little. And he answers the question in verse 11. He says, no, I will teach you with a stammering lip in another tongue. 
And he goes on to say in the very next line about humility, right? Pride keeps a person. Listen to me, guys. Pride keeps a person from the humility of entering the spirit. I guarantee you this. If you are having trouble, you don't you you refuse to pray, you don't want to pray in tongues, you won't submit yourself to pursuing the Lord in tongues, you don't set um uh uh time every day to dwell in the presence of the Lord by praying in tongues, I guarantee you that pride there's some form of pride that is a that is a very thick lens over the eyes of your heart that is preventing you from entering the way of the spirit. Okay? And 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 the Lord the Lord promises that he will give rest to the weary and that he will teach, he will impart the way of the spirit to those who submit themselves to the way of the spirit, which is as you pray in the Holy Ghost, as you pray in tongues, right? There's an impartation, which means you literally receive something from God himself. Okay, and that's that's the opposite of the Pharisee. The Pharisee tried to do it their way. They tried to define scripture. They tried to uh, put rules in the church. They, 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 they defined their way. And the Lord says, no, you will learn my way. Some days I'm going to have you laugh. Some days I'm going to have you cry. Some days you're just going to sit in my presence. And I'm going to teach you. Some days I'm going to take you to heaven and show you supernatural, immaculate things, details of, of things that only people dream of in the old days, right? Whatever the Lord's season is, right? You submit yourself to the way of the Spirit, and it's connected to, to, to recognizing Jesus is the door that, that you can open with the gift of tongues and dwell in the realm of the spirit instead of the earthly realm. All right. And so let's just, let's just finish this up with some prayer. Um, I just encourage every one of you, set time aside, lay down to, after today, lay, set, set a plan with the Lord Write down your vision about setting prayer time, about pursuing the Holy Ghost, entering the realms of the Spirit, and getting the impartation from the Holy Ghost that you may also ride on the horse that the Lord has called you to ride, okay? There is a ministry for every person I'm talking to right now. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, for every person that uh, listening listening to this uh, message, Lord, I pray, Lord, that, their, that the pride of a man's heart would be broken right now, that it would literally begin to fall off of them by the mercy of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that it would fall off of them, Lord, that there are even people, Lord, right now being intoxicated by the presence of the Holy Ghost, that the, wine, the true wine that Jesus offered, Lord, the new wine, right? You called it the most intoxicating part. Lord, I release that new wine to every person listening right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray make them so intoxicated that they are in love with your presence, that they would chase you and hunt you day and night. Lord, whether they feel like it or they don't feel like it. Lord, that they would know that intoxication is their gift. That intoxication with the presence of the Lord that puts a righteousness and the right mind of God the mind of Christ upon every person who submits themselves to the way of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that as they, as they pray, Lord, that the, the hidden manna, the mysteries of God would be revealed to them, Lord, as you promised. I pray that you would awaken their spiritual giftings, Lord, that they would pray in tongues and prophesy, that they would have words of knowledge, that they would have all the revelatory gifts, Lord, that they would have revelation of people getting healed and pray for them and see arms grow out and see blind eyes see. Lord, I pray that they would have uh, visions of, of casting out demons and Lord, they would lay hands on the broken and, and the dis, disenchanted and Lord, those who have, have been tormented by demonic powers, Lord, and they would see demons driven out of people. Lord, I pray that they would pray for people and that they also would be intoxicated um, in the presence of the Lord, laughing in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray, Lord, for the people listening 
Lord, that the grace to pray, for the grace to pray, to lay down their will and to just pray in tongues that they may prophesy. Lord, let that grace come upon them. In Jesus' name, Lord, I prophesy over every person hearing that you were born to prophesy. I don't care what the world said you're not and what the world uh, cursed you with. I break those lies off of you in the name of Jesus. And I release upon you the grace of the Holy Ghost that you will pray in tongues and see dreams and have visions and that the mysteries of the kingdom would be so routine that you would prophesy day and night over the people around you. In Jesus' name, Lord, let your army be awakened. Let the army of the Lord be awakened. Lord, let every person right now see the, the horse, Lord, that you've called them to ride, that they would see themselves being mounted up upon that horse. Lord, that, that, that they would even see their horse beginning to pray in the Holy Ghost. And that there would be a rhythm and alignment, Lord, of the call of God that's upon their life. And Lord, they, they would be so bold, Lord, as to ride that, how, that, to ride that horse, Lord, in a supernatural way. Lord, pouring out the Holy Ghost everywhere they go. In Jesus' name, let this grace come upon every person that hears right now. Amen. All right, guys, have a good week. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. Keep sending those emails and invites. And, uh, you know, I'm just, we're, we're excited with what the Lord continues to do with uh, the connections um, and the outpours that we're seeing in different cities. Um, Lord, I just, I just pray for every person, Lord, that uh, has a vision of a bigger thing. Lord, visit them there as they pray and ask you questions about it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.